0: Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the Internet that is counting down every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. We are going back almost to the beginning
0: tonight. Yes. Uh,
1: I told Linda before we recorded, I said, I told her where we're, what we were talking about and she did not remember the song, but once I named the CD slash album, she goes, wow, y'all are going back school. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Jesse Jackson. The other one making this journey with me is Sylvan Groth. Sylvan, how are you?
0: Across the distance, two Hyatt fans are talking thanks to technology that brings us together. And of course, the love of this man, John Hyatt, who, yeah, I'm guessing a lot of people who might call themselves John Hyatt fans might need help remembering this one or might have somehow even skipped over the second of his albums. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah,
1: a couple of housekeeping notices. One, this is the first recording we've made since it was the man's birthday. We want to thank everyone that who did contribute a recording. We ended up getting a really lovely audio birthday card to John, and I'm throwing it out there in the universe that hopefully he will hear it. But it was really nice that a lot of people contributed, and we got some just some lovely stories, didn't we?
0: Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for showing up. If you didn't get a chance to send a message this year i definitely think we should make this an annual tradition and we're not scheduled to get to zero house until 2028 that there will probably be at least a a few more chances to wish john a happy birthday and i I have no proof of this but i think he might have heard it and i'm sure if he heard it he was touched by every single message
1: That is very good to know. I'm going to take that. We also have, did we get new dates released since the last time we recorded? I know there is. I'm seeing that on Facebook. I know Lily put out some dates. Nothing close to Dallas.
0: Oh, you're making me feel guilty because she is playing... Once again, New England states are really close together, so it's we're spoiled. I have an opportunity to see her at least a couple of times, but she's only opening. So that Mm -hmm. makes it a bit of a challenge. It does get a little more expensive when you're paying for most of the time better known act and then traveling and so forth.
1: For maybe a 45 minute set. Exactly. yeah, Yeah, I understand that.
0: But I am going to be seeing John with my family, my mom and aunt and uncle, the original Hyatt introducers in our family in Booth Bay, Maine, in about a month. So I'm excited for that.
1: That is exciting. And uh, I can't, we will have to do a a show report uh, for that one. Absolutely. And Lily is uh, being a little more active in Facebook, it seems to me.
0: Yeah, I I think she's playing the self-promotion thing. It is interesting, since we are talking about such an old album, I was digging out the the old-fashioned press kits that came in white binders and folders and thinking about someone standing there at the Xerox machine for hours and hours and then getting the postage in the mail. Now it is all about the social media. I think Lily is doing paying her dues and getting the word out and we can benefit from that by being able to actually interact with her, which is pretty nice.
1: Yeah. My hope is that we can get her on the podcast sometime. I know that's a big get.
0: It uh, is a big get. Yeah.
1: But I'm hoping that we just slowly work our way to, that we're able to do that. She's, she is such a talent in her own heart. in in her own being that it would be really cool to do that all right we got a little homecoming a little housekeeping out of the way all right so let's talk about our song this week so you got just the facts for us
0: Just the facts. Today we are talking about the song Distance, which is the first song that we've discussed from John's second album, Overcoats. Um, There will be another pretty soon coming up in the Ds. It was track four, and it was also a B-side because there was a vinyl single released of Motorboat to Heaven in 1974. It was mostly recorded in Nashville, but due to the technology of the time at the 70s, strings were recorded in Los Angeles and they dubbed it all together. The musicians credited on this song are John Hyatt for guitar and vocals. Flutes by Billy Pewitt. I checked with liner notes and it appears that Billy is no longer with us, which is sad. So we will dedicate this episode to him. Cello, Jesse Elric and violas by Sam Bojasin and Alan Harshman. It, as I said, was released in 1975. It was the second album for Epic Records, also the last album for Epic Records. This began John Hyatt's, let's say, revolving door with many record companies before he became the owner of his own masters, much, much later in his career. It would be another four years before Slug Line came out. And in all my digging, I tried to come up with an exact date that this was released. I did not get that, but it was listed as starting to get some radio play on the August 9th, 1975 issue of Billboard. So let's assume summer and let's, yeah, know it got some radio play.
1: We aren't hitting the 50th anniversary, but it's darn close, right? If it came out in 75. So it's, if I do my math right, 48 years
0: it's hard to believe but yeah gosh Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) how lucky are we Mm -hmm. that he's still out there making great music yeah
1: it is amazing did Michael Elliott have anything to share
0: uh I did uh pull things up he had some interesting music about or interesting information about the uh promotion but it it was a sophomore album, and I think it's easy to slide over it, both from the history standpoint and the production and promotion that it had at the time. So I will say to anyone out there, once again, if you don't have Michael Elliott's book and you're listening to this podcast, re-examine your priorities, get yourself to a bookstore or wherever you want to purchase a book and enjoy all the information and enjoy just like really diving in
1: all right so i did go to wikipedia there is hardly anything on this it says it's his second album last with epic here are the people who played
0: yes (laughs) and
1: add the track list all right we are going to come back and debate talk discuss this very early example of john hyatt music right after this
2: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds
3: Hey, this is Brad Page from the I'm In Love With That Song podcast, inviting you to join me as we explore a different song each episode, discovering what makes these songs great. The performances, arrangements, and the production tricks and techniques are all part of creating those magic moments that turn a good song into a great one. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into each song, listening to all those nuances that came together to make it a great song. Our journey takes us across the musical map, from The Beatles and The Stones to Aretha Franklin and Tom Petty, Kiss, The Cars, Todd Rundgren and Roxy Music, from Badfinger to Al Green, Stevie Wonder to David Bowie, from Aerosmith to the Zombies. We listen to it all on the I'm In Love With That Song podcast. You may be unfamiliar with some of these songs, and some of them you've probably heard a hundred times, but I bet if we listen closely, we can discover something new. So, join me on the I'm In Love With That Song podcast, and let's listen together, because I think you're going to love these songs too.
1: okay we're back i normally start by asking your quick thoughts but i'm gonna break the ice this time sylvan if it's okay with you this was a very strange listen there are times when i go yeah there's a little bit of john there then other times that doesn't sound like john at all and it may be a little bit of cliche but it feels like he hadn't found his voice yet So what are your quick thoughts?
0: Agree with everything that you said. I do feel that at this point, he was starting to feel that pressure of, he's had a record contract and there, the suits are coming at him and saying, who are you? How can we promote you? And he was in Nashville. There's definitely a country influence to the entire album. And I would say, particularly on this song, and there's that thing of, you have your whole life to come up with the first record or the first novel or the first fill in the blank as an artist. Then all of a sudden you've put it all out there and you got to come up with the follow-up. As I mentioned, there was a four-year gap. That's a lot of time, which I'm sure John was spending touring and learning a lot. And we know from his biography and things he said messing around with drugs and so forth. But I I will go ahead and state it's sophomoric in the literal meaning of that word. It just feels a little bit immature, like he's trying too hard to come off as if he's got it all figured out and he doesn't. And um, honestly, as... When I put the rating on our Google site of what's a one-star song and what's a five-star song, the one-star definition is, sure, it's good, but you might skip it every once in a while when it comes along the iPod, and I won't go any further than that except to say that is the standard for a one-star song in our reviewing, but we can go through the lyrics if you are willing, Jesse. I
1: am. You want to start?
0: Sure. I actually do have the actual liner notes so I can see the grammar that he put in here. Okay. First verse, you are my beautiful lover. And then in parentheses, my lover, I am the distant shore in parentheses so far away. There is so much to uncover in parentheses, loves hiding. What is this distance for? What is it for? Thoughts.
1: Yeah, I pulled the lyrics from the archive. This I almost feel and listeners if you are I don't normally we I don't tell you how to listen to a podcast, but I definitely recommend you listening to this song right before you hit play and you may want to stop this listen to it again. Um because this voice is a very it doesn't sound like John all the time and he's slurring certain words or emphasizing them. That seems uncharacteristic characteristic of later John. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I I agree with that as well. He hasn't quite figured out how to make the melody actually work for the story he's trying to, um, convey. Instead, I think he came up with what he thought was a pretty melody. And again, sophomoric, it reminds me of my own high school poetry, which, believe me, was nowhere near as good as this. You realize you want to say something and you have the line that you're trying to cramped handwriting in your notebook or, get into those notes that you've got in this verse, get it to stuff that in. And I think more, he's just trying to stuff some images and some emotion and yeah.
1: There's distance so much so
0: far away, farthest shore. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We've heard yeah. this before.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's it there. Boy, this is going to sound rough. Um, because I haven't even tried to write poetry. If I try, I have to have um, a rhyming dictionary open to try to do this. And I'm not even very good at doing parody songs, like taking an already existing song and trying to change it enough. So I certainly am. It's not fair for me to criticize, but this. He is so he has been so much clever more clever and paints better picture in the future now okay. 75 how old is he let me i uh, he's pretty young
0: yeah he moved to national when he was 18 so
1: he was born in 52 so that's 62 72 so he's 23
0: yeah he's a kid he is but he doesn't think he is and i think right. that's what makes it all the more like, oh, you really don't know anything is he yeah. thought he had it all figured out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Out of the dark, I am falling. I'm falling. I assume there's parentheses there again, right? hmm Into your warm candle flame so bright, a butterfly pinned to love's calling. Why must this magic be named? Must it be named? Now, I think that's an interesting verse. I think the idea of I'm called like a moth to the flame. I'm out of the dark, I'm falling. That the darkness of not being loved, not having someone in your life, and you're drawn to their flame. And why must this magic be named is an interesting line, I think. Right, The idea that and this sounds like a really bad romance movie. like. Why do we got to put a name on it? You and I know what we have. Why, why do we have to just put a label on it, right? Are we a boyfriend or girlfriend? Labels. What are you about it? I think that's a interesting verse.
0: So Interesting. I'll yeah. give you that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And any thoughts on you? Anything of that works for you?
0: I, I will give the, the young poet his due that he is playing with the idea. You mentioned the typical cliche is a moth to a flame he's twisted that a little bit by calling it a butterfly and bringing up the idea of pinning down a butterfly like in a bug collection that is kind of morbid and gross and the idea that are you trapped are you free are you flying are you figuring things out yeah it it there's some cute stuff there
1: you want to go to the next verse?
0: Sure. We fill the air with silent stares, but still no one there. We are strangers. Again, an interesting idea that, staring across the crowded room or you catch someone's eye and you just are so enthralled by a a vision of a person. But already I'm confused. Is he trying to woo someone that he has not yet spoken to? Or is he talking about having already fallen in love? I'm not really sure. And the we are strangers, is it That feeling that you've recognized that you love someone, but really there's still so much left to know. That's an interesting concept if he had decided to develop that a little bit, but he goes in a different direction with the next verse. Do you want to pick that up?
1: The sad, jealous praise as the symphony plays and we are the foolish arrangers, the foolish arrangers. Here would be my feedback. John, I'm not sure where you're going, right? Is this a, are you guys, is there this magic to be named or is you're filling the air with silent stares, right? If you're saying that this relationship is on rocky ground and you're filling the air with silent stares because no one dares to share. And so therefore you're in this, this relationship that has no name, is this good? Is it bad? That's an interesting topic. Let's go with that. Let's, here, I want you to
0: focus on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: What is, I'm trying to think, what is your subject sentence? No, that's not what it's called. What is it like when you're doing a paragraph, right? There has to be, there. there's the, and it's not called the subject sentence, but right, there is a There's, this is what this song is about. And I don't know if we have that at this point.
0: Yeah. And we're pretty much done.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because he says, and yeah, in fact, it says repeats the verse. Once again, this is not something I could write. So I'm being, and I think in a lot of ways, this is unfair, but that's what we signed up to do is, I think I've told the story many times, a friend of the podcast, my friend Tom Zoller and I talk all the time and he says he's an artist and he says he will never have a tattoo because as an artist he would have to design the tattoo himself and there's been nothing he's drawn that six months later he wishes he could not redraw it. J. Michael Stravinsky, the guy who did Babylon 5 and a lot of other shows, quotes, and I don't remember where it originally came, but art is never finished. It's only abandoned. Right. So this is, and this is a 23-year-old John Hyatt that has the second album on a two-album deal, maybe three. Right. And and it's a, it's hard for me to call it a swing and a miss, but it's just not there.
0: I will give it its due that, again, there's some interesting ideas if he had stuck with it or gone in one direction rather than every poetic direction, because we've got this contrast of a lonely cellist, sad cellist, as the um symphony plays. Are, are they in the symphony and trying to find their voice within this loud cacophony, or is it just the idea of what way of producing music actually gets that emotion closer a a lonely instrument or a big wide open many instruments playing together and i like the idea of we are the foolish arrangers that we can never make a perfect song no matter how hard we try, no matter how many instruments we throw at that, we can't create love out of nothing. These are all ideas that maybe he had in the back of his mind, or maybe he met this Jesse Ehrlich and said, hey, you play cello? I think I'll try to put some cello in my next album. And that is ambitious, and it sounds pretty Uh, Yes, But that's about the best I can say for
1: it. And this is where we hurt not having um, a musician on the show, Mm -hmm. because I would love to hear someone discuss, forget the lyrics, what if this was an instrumental, because Mm -hmm. I do think it's very pretty, and Mm. I like the arrangement of the different stringed instruments and the Mm. interplay with that. It is, so I enjoy that part of it as I I'm going to go back to sometimes his phrasing was off a little bit. It is almost like, and this will show my age. After you've had a cassette play a little bit longer or an eight track, there'll be parts where it's gotten a little stretched and you'll hear a, the voice will just, that word will not be as crisp. And a couple of his phrasings has that in it. I agree. Yeah. 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 I, and it's, I think what's interesting from this is a perspective of there are things in there. There's so much to uncover, loves hiding. What is this distance for? What is it for that distant shore? So far away, there is little nuggets that you go, Oh, there's a future John. I bet you if 50 year old John had decided to look at overcoats and said, oh, I'm going to take this song and I'm going to update it. There are gems in there that he could do. Right.
0: But I will say that one of the most glaring differences, if you compare this to a love song in his later catalog, is I have no idea who he's singing to and what about her he loves doesn't matter if he's talking about stealing a car with someone or going downtown and having Chinese food in his later songs. I might not have the same image that John had when he wrote the song, but there is definitely a specific woman that he is singing to. And, To me, as I said, I'm not sure if he's singing to someone he's pining for and he hasn't spoken to yet or someone that he's in a rocky spot in his relationship with. And I certainly don't know, is she smart? Is she pretty? Is she a beauty, but not a beauty, but all right. Any of those things. It's just he's stuck in his own head and we can't even see past his eyelashes to get a glimpse of this woman.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's a really good point to make, is that as we discuss his songs, we paint pictures of who the two characters are in the song. We know who character A is, and we know who character B is. We know who, and often this could be male and a female and female, male to male. We talk about, is this a song of friendship? Is this anything? And there is not that con- complex or density in this song. It isn't layered. And that is one of the things that John is very good at layering. Mm-hmm. We just recently talked about by Death by Misadventure and we said, In a lot of ways, this was a pretty straightforward, I'm telling a, a sad song about a dysfunctional family, but in, I remember once I was talking to a buddy and Sam said one thing about some of Springsteen's songs, Take Your Drink, that his female characters have a past. They have a history. They will often talk after, put your kids to bed. They will talk about these things. And, and the beauty of John's music, one of the things that draws this to me and to you and to our wonderful listeners is the complexity of his characters. We like them, dislike them, but we know them through these lyrics. And I think that is, forget everything else, I think that's the biggest thing that is missing from this is
0: knowing them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll even go on to say that this album has other songs that you get a much crisper view of characters. And it's interesting that I think he's trying his hardest to be romantic here. And again, maybe it's the age. He didn't know what love was at this age. And I think he would be the first to admit that.
1: When we talked about what there was another, we just talked about a song a couple of episodes ago where we said, This is what Teenage John thinks is love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask when is the last time you listened to Overcoats completely? Because I don't know if I can think of it in the last 20 years if I've taken Overcoats and put it on a player and listened to it.
0: I have in the last 20 years. Um, usually right before I go to see John live, I go hanging up obs- to okay. the observatory all the way to the end. Okay. I don't know as there has been a time, I would even say since college, that I just put on overcoats because, okay. but yeah. Like, okay, I may do that. The good news is that it gets a lot better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I may do that in a couple of weeks. I may do that. And I may mention that, Dad. All right. Any final thoughts before we give ratings? I'm due to be first this time. I'm looking at our little spreadsheet that reminds me. I'm supposed okay. to give scores first. Any final thoughts on that?
0: I, I. It's very pretty. And I do remember, again, the idea of it comes along on Shuffle Am I skipping it? Sometimes I'm not skipping it because it's like, oh, I forgot how pretty that song was. Yeah. But it's not because of the lyrics, which is really weird for a John Hyatt song. I absolutely agree. Have the lyrics be the weaker point. Yeah. So yeah, that's my final thought.
1: Okay. So I'm going to just, I'm going to give, I'm going to rip the bandaid off. It's a one. I, I just, I don't. And, and once again, you've already mentioned this. This isn't a scale of John Hyatt. If I was just grading this as a song, I might give it a two, two and a half, because I see potentials there, but on the scale of John, yeah, this is a one. How about you?
0: Absolutely agree. And all that being said, I have occasionally started singing it to myself or quoted it just randomly, but it is a one because thank goodness we are rating and not ranking Yes, all the John Hyatt songs. God, that would be so impossible. Yes, But you can definitely see this being in the lower 60 because we've got about 300 songs we're going through. Yeah. If you divided that up by five and you had to pick 60 to be at the bottom, I think this easily falls into there.
1: Absolutely. All right. If someone wants to reach us, how can they?
0: (laughs) If you're angry and you want to tell us what's what, you can yell at us. We have a perfectly good podcast page on Facebook. I am Sylvan Groth on Facebook. You can reach out to us via our email address or write a review. Scathing reviews are fine too. If you wanted to say they don't know what they're talking about on Mm -hmm. iTunes or wherever you'd like. And I am Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter.
1: I am at Jesse jackson Dfw on Twitter yes we are hanging out there on Facebook I would love to know what you think so please send us uh, your thoughts as she said perfectly good podcast at gmail.com and we'll be back next week for another song yes and, we will and it, yes there we go a for little Eddie. faith <laughs> have a little faith everyone bye
0: bye bye
3: we can come on home. Back
2: on the Cadillac And change the message on the It's NFL draft season And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football